Welcome to In This Economy, the podcast where people from Zimbabwe and around the world discuss how they are navigating life in the current economic circumstances. With me, your host, Kim Nyajeka. So welcome, welcome to the podcast, welcome to the platform. If this is your first time listening, we are here in season five episode two getting started going with it um i hope you enjoyed the episode welcome again and feel free i mean i hope this episode will you know inspire you or encourage you to go and listen to previous episodes from the previous season so thank you so much for listening um and tuning in if you are faithful regular degular listener hi it's been a minute, I know. Dare I say, it's been two minutes. Um, it's been a while since since I have published an episode. And I'm not proud that I've become the kind of content creator I hate. The kind of content creator I used to like judge so much about being flaky and inconsistent and not putting out things in good time or you know, just leaving their audience waiting, me particular. And I am so sorry. I appreciate everyone who takes the time to listen, to download, to support the podcast in any way. Um, And I do apologize for my inconsistency and the unexpected hiatuses I have taken, especially over the last two seasons, especially, you know. Um, And as as always, I'm going to overshare a little bit. Um, This is my safe space. I feel like I speak into the vacuum, but also just sharing with people so that, you know, y'all, you're you're not on your own. Like this life thing gets in the way. (laughs) Like I understand where content creating is not what I do full time as compared to the people I compare myself to who are content creators. It's not what I do full time, of course. Um, This is a hobby and I don't know why sometimes, you know, I put so much pressure on it. I put so much pressure on this platform and what it can do and the doors it can open and blah, blah, blah. You know, having experienced some success and some, you know, fruitful opportunities coming directly from the podcast, you then put so much pressure on like, okay, so what's next? What's next? What's next? And I forget how much I just enjoy the process of sitting down with somebody collaborating, having a conversation, recording, editing, and then publishing the episode. Like, that's fun. Sometimes I forget that because, you know, it gets foggy, things get crazy. But um, when I was thinking about, you know, my most recent uh, lack of inspiration or lack of motivation with this platform, um, it's I, I realized a, a, a big part of it, it comes... It goes right down to like the beginning of when I created this podcast back in 2021. Well, it's almost, yes, it's been almost two years. Jeez, time flies. But um, when I started this podcast, I, I, I was very much inspired by um, my friend, my best friend at the time, who's also an amazing, you know, content creator, um, but particularly when she started podcasting before me um, and collaborating with her on her platform really inspired and encouraged me to start podcasting as well. And it's something we really bonded over for for as long as, you know, we were both creating content. 
Um, we talked to each other about episodes, guests, what we were talking about. And even though we created very different platforms, they're similar in some ways, but we created different platforms and had very different visions for what we wanted to do. It was still a point of, it's something we bond over a lot. And it's something I really valued in the content creation process, which was, you know, talking having someone to talk and bounce ideas off of for hours and hours and hours. We just talk about it. And, you know, that friendship ended quite suddenly. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, and I have, like, still have whiplash if I think about it. It's like, whoa. But, you know, it's part of growing up, you know, in your mid to late 20s, just having that shedding, you know, of of people. Like, it's a natural per- It happens. Like, these things these things, they happen. So we're, we're not friends anymore. I can't even say we're not close. I want to say we're not friends anymore. Um, and in mourning that friendship and, you know, going through the ebb and flow of, I guess, the end of a relationship, even if it's a friendship, people know there's the theory that friendship breakups are worse than actual, um, than romantic, not actual, sorry, because um, both are real. They're worse than romantic breakups. Um, but in mourning that, it was also mourning uh, this platform, I guess, also reminded me a lot of that time and the conversations and and just the bond over that. You know, when I said, oh, I also want to start my own platform, you know, um, my friend went out of her way to get me a microphone and, you know, help me get started and show me how to use the different software and everything. Like I owe a lot of the beginning of this journey to her and I'm grateful for what we were able to share and some of the stuff we we're able to create. Um, and I, I had to mourn it. I mourned it and low key, I think that's also something that's impacted how I view doing this moving forward. And now that, you know, that collaboration isn't there, uh, yeah, since starting this platform, right, since starting this podcast, I've had the privilege of meeting some other amazing content creators and other people who are collaborative and who I can collaborate with and talk and bounce ideas off of and have as guests and, you know, cross-pollinate, vice versa, like all those things so many opportunities I met so many people um and I excuse me I also don't want to take that for granted and also want to I guess lean into that a little bit more you know um and not think like oh what was me you know one part of how I understand podcasting and what it has meant to me you know has changed like we we move we locomote we keep pushing and I hope to continue to collaborate and I hope like, well, I will continue making the podcast. That's not even a question, Um, but it's just a new normal, I guess. And it's acknowledging that, hey, this is a loss is an L. We charge it to the game and we keep it moving. So, yeah, if you have your own stories, please feel free to share. I feel like this is a whole episode on its own um <laughs> a whole one but yeah and I think it segues nicely into the topic if you are reading wherever you're listening to this from we are talking about being 30 something in this economy and my guest and I explore her experiences having turned 30 her experiences as a single parent experiencing all of that good stuff um 
yeah, we just unpack and explore. I share some of my anxieties, you know, the pressure that society places on us at this point in life that by 30 is supposed to have this, 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 this. We all know five years ago when I was 25, you know, I, you know, you sat there like, yeah, I'm going to get married in the next two years. I'm going to have the kid. I'm going to have the house. going to have the job. And life has been, well, for me personally, it's been like, skirt, girl, bitch, you thought. And <laughs> oh, guys, God bless these 20 somethings. Hey, but we're looking forward to it. We're moving up. We're leveling up. We're going to the next floor. So, hey, if you have those same feelings or you want to preempt it or you've already turned 30, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear about your experiences. I would love to hear about how you're just dealing with all of the changes, all of the changes that are coming, even with your body. Like, guys, Again, just oversharing, adjusting to this grown woman body thing, ain't it? Like, bruh, I eat one chocolate balloon and it takes, what, 80Ks of walking, running, fasting, calorie deficiting to lose that one little chocolate. Like, what is up with that? Please, please, please tell me. <laughs> but yeah, we talk about all of that in the episode. So I do hope you enjoy and I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, please do follow and engage with us on social media at In This Economy Podcast on Instagram and follow me, your host at Kim Yajeka on Twitter. And yeah, let's keep the conversation going. And yeah. Oh, also just a small disclaimer. When recording this episode, I don't know what I did. I don't know if it's because my laptop was on the charger or because I positioned the mic in a certain way, but it was picking up like static from somewhere. So I would recommend listening with a slightly lower volume. Um, I did my best to clean it up as best as I could, but it sounds like the mic was picking up the actual static. I don't know if it's the port on my laptop. I, I don't know what it was, but there's... Just in case, you know, some people might be sensitive to it or it might be a little bit irritating to start out with. I did my best to clean it up, but it might be okay-ish to just lower the volume a little bit. Like you'll still hear the sound. Hopefully you're able to hear the conversation and hopefully everything flows in nicely. But there's just a tiny little bit. So after this intro and everything, you can just, if it's annoying, just turn it down a little bit and it's less present. I am so sorry. I take pride in high quality audio and I didn't want to um, lose the episode. I didn't want to, because it wasn't complete. Like, I don't know, you judge for yourself. Um, and also, I feel like this intro is a mini episode on its own as well. Um, but yes, I just wanted to give that little warning and I am so sorry. This will not happen again, I swear. Um, I just take comfort in the fact that the conversation is interesting and I did my best to clean it up and I'm sorry. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. <laughs> I felt like such a middle child right there, just apologizing. Um, but yeah, do enjoy the episode and let's get into it. Okay, so for today's episode, I'm really excited. It's been such a long time coming for me to invite this guest on. Um, and in the past, I've spoken to people at different stages in life about their experiences in the current economic circumstances. But this one is a little bit more personal to me because I'm on the edge, the cusp of the end of my 20s. So exploring being a 30-something in this economy, I have my amazing, wonderful, really great guest, Riddle. Welcome to the show. 
Thanks for having me, Kim. Oh, no, so thank excited. you for agreeing to do this. Of course. I'm yeah. really excited to have this chat. Yay. Um, so basically, I invited you on because, aside from your age, that's not the only reason, mm. um, but I feel like you've had such like a wealth of experience personally, professionally, and I always found like since we've met, I've always just been like, hey, so when this happens, what must happen? Like whether it's work-wise or just personally, just from your experiences as well. And I also feel like we've had um, similar experiences growing up, uni, studying the same thing and all of that. So to also, I guess, therapize myself. <laughs> and the listeners, I have a few. Um, I'm just really excited to get into this conversation. So, do you want to introduce yourself for the people before we get started? Okay, so my name is Rudolph. Um, do I have to use my phone? No. Okay, my name is Rudolph. Um, I am 34, mm. just turned 34, yes. mother of one, lawyer. Um, well, oh, all right, two yeah, actually. Two. <laughs> <laughs> one human, one fur. Yeah, one fur baby. The fur yeah. babies count. They count. <laughs> yeah, they do count. <laughs> they do count. That's like being yeah. crazy. But yeah, um, mother of two, lawyer. Um, I work for, uh, I, I want to call it a conglomerate. <laughs> <laughs> I want to call it's it a big it company. It's a big company. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm a, a group legal advisor. And yeah, that's me. Oh, that's great. Mm. So, the first question I have for you was, what were some of the most defining moments of your 20s? Oh, my gosh. The 20s were a lot. Mm. Obviously, um, finishing off school, starting a career, um, for me also becoming a mom, mm-hmm. um, getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Those were, I guess, defining, but um, I don't want to call them defining moments, but they were like triggers of things that were starting Mm -hmm. and have been evolving over time, Mm -hmm. growing into my 30s. Um, So, yeah, those are the key things, I think. Mm -hmm. And would you say, like, of all of those things, both like, you know, finishing school, getting married, having a kid in your 20s, do you think that period of time like it would have been different if let's say you got married and had a kid now would it be different 100 Mm percent i feel like you know in the 20s you discover adulthood um Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of confusion you're still kind of finding yourself as much as you have grown Mm -hmm. you're still kind of finding yourself um there's a lot of I guess, outward pressure, trying mm-hmm. to figure, figure out your career, um, and then trying to be a mom and a wife at that time, it's, it's a lot. Mm. Unlike now, when I look at my life in the 30s, I know myself so much better. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I almost feel like it would make sense to start the family now, mm. although I've already done it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, there's a there's a lot going on in the twenties, and yeah, I definitely think it would have been different starting family now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially where I'm at with my career as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of feeling like I'm I'm more solid than I was. Mm-hmm. It was a very confusing time, even mm-hmm. career-wise, um, in the twenties. Um, starting to practice, 
uh, was so hectic and you're still kind of trying to figure out who are you, um, what kind of lawyer do I want to be, what kind of what area of law do I like mm. and yeah the pressures of being an employee, a new employee, you realize you're not as smart as you thought you were. <laughs> you know, graduating mm. with you know, cum laude means nothing when you yeah. start. Yeah. You know? yeah. But um, in your thirties you kind of now know yourself a lot more, more secure, um, lots of experience. Yeah. Mm. No, that's great. Mm. And so when the time came to turn thirty, <laughs> was the idea of it scary to you in any way? So it was a mixed bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mixed bag. Um, turning 30 didn't really scare me because I know, I know I'm strange. Um, getting older, I embrace it. Mm. But what was scary was, especially in this economy, not mm. having achieved the things that I thought I would have achieved by the time I was 30. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was working and definitely building my career and my name, mm. but things were not making sense. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't um, established myself the way I thought I would have, mm. and a lot of it is obviously being in Zim, Zim is mm. difficult, mm. Um, but yeah, also mm. just the way the legal field, field works, it's not automatic mm. and all of that, but um, yeah, so that side was scary. Um, but getting older is never scary. Yeah, yeah. And it was mm-hmm. exciting, third level, you know. Yeah. You just feel... Yeah, it's you know, different. different. It just feels yeah. different. You just feel like you're walking into your destiny in a way. Mm-hmm. That makes mm-hmm. sense. I think for me, it, the idea isn't scary per se, because I've had a lot of time to think about this. Mm. I'm not scared. I'm not afraid, like, oh, I'm going to be 30. I'm actually really excited yeah. to start there, because my 20s were have been a mishmash of, yeah. like, a lot of things. Yeah. Like, where where I started when I turned 20 or 21, which is, like, the big one, mm. and the kind of person I am now, now that my frontal lobe is closed and everything, <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's, <Yep>. like, <laughs> not too different, but almost the mm. same. So I'm kind of looking forward to getting to, like, that next stage. Yeah. But I think what is overwhelming is taking stock of, do I have a house? Yeah. Do I have a car? Yeah. Do I have, like, have I met those big milestones? Yeah. And granted, in Zim it's hard, but also wherever you are in the world at the yeah. moment, I think... It's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah. Like uh, our generation, I don't know when it starts and ends, but like it's much harder than let's say I have a friend of mine, for mm. example. When we started getting jobs, I went to her mom's house. So I had just gotten a job. My friend had just gotten a job. Mm-hmm. And the mom, she's like in her 60s and she's asking, she's like, okay, so like when are you guys getting company cars? And we were like, Scar? Like, wait a minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> she was asking like, exactly. you know, and for her, it's a genuine question. Yeah. She came from a time where you got a job as yep. entry level as it was. You got a car, you got a mortgage. Uh, you're, you're building, either you built or you bought a house. Exactly. Or you bought a couple of houses. And that was how companies functioned. Like, yeah. they wouldn't hire people unless they were willing to do that. But now, yeah. in, like, a gig economy, for mm. example, you could get a consulting gig and be getting paid a whole lot of money but no benefits. Yeah. Or you could be getting a more permanent job or mm. a long-term, fixed-term, whatever contract. Mm. And it's like... There's still no no one's telling you oh this is the company car which you're allowed to use that doesn't happen often yeah. it does and if it happens for you more it's power blessing, like, well done blessing, blessing yeah. shining in your favor exactly but <laughs> the normal thing is like 
especially well in our profession i've never seen that i've yet to meet a lawyer who's happy definitely not in our profession mm -hmm. especially um obviously there's exceptions to the rule right the blessed ones that get into a really good organization and none of these organizations are firms yeah the moment you say you work for a firm there's you can't i don't know a single lawyer that's mm. Saying that the firm bought me a car, a car, the firm um, got me the house mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not normal. Mm -hmm. But you get into a, an elite organization, a blue chip. Yeah, that exactly. can happen. But it is so hard to get into a blue yeah, chip, especially as a lawyer. As especially as a lawyer, mm -hmm. and the competition is so high, and there's so there's so much upskilling you have to do like and, yeah we spend so much time studying mm. and then i find that like oh you can be a lawyer you can do whatever you want that's what i thought yeah they'd be like yeah no if you get like a diploma yeah. in this this and this and you're a then, lawyer then that's then that's, that's amazing and even when you get that they're like oh but you know now we're looking at finance we want you to have you know the full, exactly. full picture mm -hmm. it's just it's never enough no. um it's never enough mm -hmm. and the other thing is obviously relationships are big a lot of the time you'll find like a company will advertise or whatever but it goes nowhere they have no intention of yeah actually they know who they, they know who they want they're just ticking all the they're boxes. just ticking a box putting the thing yeah. out there also relationship wise um i always think about this mm. going into like my 30s i feel like i've never been more concerned about my own biological clock as i have been mm. i think this year yeah. I think this entire year. Yeah. Only because I used to be one of those people who would read, like, um, obviously reading feminist theory, being a feminist. I'm like, yeah, I know that biological clock thing is like a capitalist, patriarchal thing that they created to, mm. like, um, make women, you know, want to have as many kids as possible quickly yeah. and keep yeah. us tra yeah. trapped and everything. Yep. But now the, that song is singing a little bit louder. Yeah. If I'd be lying, <laughs> I, I'm like, literally, I'm like, I'd be lying if I go back to like those, you know, the articles, the, mm. the essays, the little documentaries I've watched that, you know, there's really no such, like the biological clock thing is so subjective, yeah. depends on your genes and all yeah. of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Reading that no longer gives me as much comfort as it used to. Now mm. I'm just kind of like, okay, guys, but if I'm turning 30, that means I've got a seven good years for this to happen. And that part, I'm not, I'd be lying if I said I was more concerned about marriage. I'm more concerned about, about having babies. children. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's once again I I learned a lot um, mm. because I kind of did it early. Yeah. Um, I was 25 when I had uh, this young man here, this eight-year-old little bit. Say hi. Hi. He's very handsome, by the way. <laughs> very handsome young boy. Yeah, and yeah. it taught me a lot. But it was definitely I was I still think I was too young. Mm. Um, Even at 25. 25, I feel like I was still too young yeah. because, like I said, I didn't know myself the way I know myself yeah. now. Yeah. So a lot of the choices, just in general, mm. um, would have been different mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. But I have the benefit of saying I have this one, so I don't have that pressure. I don't mm -hmm. know what that pressure feels like mm -hmm. when you're about to turn 30 and you're like, hey, I haven't had the kids yet. Yeah. But I feel like... You have more than the seven years. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's, yes, something is ticking in you. Yeah. But you have more than seven yes. years mm -hmm. to get it done. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I mean? And you never know. It can happen 
in less than a year, I mm-hmm. have a cousin who she literally turned 30. Mm-hmm. Then a few months after she turned 30, she met her husband. Mm-hmm. And they got married within six months. Mm-hmm. And within six months of that, they had the baby. Mm-hmm. Well, she got pregnant. Yeah. So you never know what will happen. happen right. But especially when you're, when you're comfortable with yourself, mm-hmm. when something like that then comes, mm-hmm. you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think for me, I would say maybe mentally mm-hmm. I might be in a better space to have kids. Mm-hmm. But the idea of getting married is like, yeah, bro, 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 bro. Uh, I'm alright. I'm, I'm alright. I don't have to be someone who convinces me. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm the one. I'm I the one. This everything. is why. No, this is why this is a good idea. Exactly. Like literally, that's what it feels like. Exactly. So, um, on the topic of parenthood, how has parenthood impacted your personal development? Um, <clears throat> I had to grow up quickly. Mm. Um, so I, I'm the baby in my family. Mm-hmm. So my mom babies me. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I couldn't, you know, count on that anymore because I now had a baby. Baby, right. a baby anymore. Exactly. And even the way she treats me, she now babies him. him and yeah. I'm just like... The adult. Like, what about adult? me? What about me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you grow up really quick. Mm. Um, I feel like it helped me mature a lot. Mm. Um, and I won't lie, it, it definitely made me a better person. And... Um, he saved me, I feel, mm. as well. So many times, I know it seems like it's a cliche or whatever, mm. but in like your darkest times or when things are tough, when you have someone looking at you mm. with these innocent eyes, they keep you. He keeps me going. He motivates mm. me to keep mm. going. And then also, in myself, I'm like, I gotta keep going because what am I gonna do with, with this, <laughs> this kid? kid? Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's been a it's been a journey. Yeah. Tough. Mm. But rewarding. rewarding. Yeah. But rewarding. When people say parenthood is rewarding, rewarding in what way? I feel like okay, it's almost like hmm, how would I describe it? You know when um okay. I'm gonna use a transaction. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you you um start a transaction is very complicated, yeah. very mm. difficult, mm. you don't sleep. Mm. It's a headache or whatever it is, but you learn a lot afterwards. Mm-hmm. And when you complete it, it's like this satisfaction mm-hmm. that you have that you can't explain mm-hmm. why you're so satisfied after not sleeping and mm-hmm. crying over this piece of work. But mm-hmm. that's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you look at when I look at him. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm so satisfied. Mm. As mm. much as he drives me mad. mad yeah. <laughs> I'm just so satisfied yeah. with, with my life. And yeah. I'm, I'm content. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, no, that's nice. Yeah. That's actually really refreshing because yeah. I think when people explain how rewarding um, having a child is, mm. a lot of the time the answers that you get online or when you talk to people, it's like, mm. oh, you know, when my child does well in school or when they do some sort of thing that sort of affirms the parent, mm. not so much the child themselves. Because yeah. yeah. I really think that we need to look at kids like they're humans, like yeah. they're a separate person yeah, just outside since, of yeah. who we like who you are as a parent like they're not an extension of you yeah there's just you know the next like the next generation of you like Mm. if there's going to be some sort of legacy or longevity 
that's the kid. And it's not reflecting on you right now in this mm. moment. I think mm. it's in the future, if Damien does something great, mm. it's like, oh yeah, he did something really great. But Damien did but that. But Damien did that. Yeah. And it's not because of me or, me or anything like that. Oh, right? my, oh, it's rather maybe in spite of me because, you know, being a parent is very difficult. Mm-hmm. We make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I make mistakes. All right. So what would you say is the most challenging thing about being in your 30s in Zimbabwe? Like the most on top of everything. <clears throat> mm. Mm. I just think our generation has a lot of pressure. Mm to to achieve just mm. in general like you said um even when our parents look at us mm. as much as they understand that it's them mm. it's like they don't really allow that to be an excuse because mm. they manage to do a b c d mm. so there's a lot of pressure on us to to do what our parents did and exceed it mm-hmm. so i think that's the biggest thing knowing that you know, I look at my mom, and she achieved quite a bit mm-hmm. in her life, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I will be able to exceed it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not at present. At mm-hmm. present, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. I don't see how I'm going to... My mom literally sent me to school mm-hmm. all the way through to university, my three degrees, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. She built her house. She did everything. Even for me as a young adult, she gave me everything in terms of I never worried about where I was going to stay. I never worried about transport. Mm. I never worried about any of those things. Mm. So now I'm looking at my son and thinking, will I be able to give him the same standard? Mm. So it's a lot of pressure. I would say the pressure Mm. is a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the toughest thing, I think, Mm. dealing with the pressure. Mm -hmm. Not just parents even. It's across the board, mm. um, family, yeah. Um, yeah, they're not very lenient when it comes to, oh, why haven't you left your mother's house, built your own house, bought your own property, all of that. Mm. They're not understanding mm. the difficulties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Well, even when you get a, you know, when you get a job, and it's like technically in the market, it's a good job, Yeah, but it's, it doesn't give the same opportunities that they had. Mm. So they're like, what is this good job that you're talking about? You're talking about, right. Yeah, so I think it's, for me, I think it's the pressure. If we didn't have the pressure, I think we would figure it out. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. no, definitely. And do you have, like, any aspirations or plans to leave the country? Well, yeah, well, um, so... Sometimes I... I really consider it and I've mm. done I've had moments where I'm like doing the actual research and I'm like let me figure mm. it out mm. and then I just feel like home is home mm. um, I've always felt this uh, this is the reason why after uni I came home mm. just wanted to be mm. in my country there's nothing that beats the feeling of being in your country, the security, mm. being able to walk around and you know you're at home. Mm. Even if you like, I don't know guys, um, but thinking about getting in trouble yeah. elsewhere yeah. versus getting in trouble here. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel secure that I'll be mm. fine. <laughs> you mm. know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> um, compared to outside. So yeah. I have, it's a conflict within me knowing mm. that there is better out there, but at the same time it's not home. Mm. Mm. So I think... 
I'm kind of trying to make it work here mm, mm. for now. Mm. But I've considered it, and yeah. I probably will consider it. Until, until. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. I think with that, um, for me, it's not so simple, only because me leaving the country, no one is, no one's welfare or future is dependent on me leaving. Mm. Right now at this stage in life, for me, it's such a personal choice. Mm. And it would be, okay, what is best for me? Yeah right now, what's best for me long term. Mm. So where I'm open to the idea, um, well, not even open to the idea, where the idea is very much like something, you know, if the opportunity arose, I always say this, like, mm. I would not want to live in Australia, for mm. example. It's just so far away. Mm. And it just, no offense to anyone who's out there, you know, shout out, shout out. <laughs> but like, it, it wouldn't be my first choice. Yeah. But I always say that, listen, if the opportunity arose and you see me in Australia, just, don't ask me questions. No, we won't ask you questions. All <laughs> the stuff I've spoken, <laughs> all the hate I have ever spewed. When you see me there, don't ask me questions. Preference <laughs> you know, you know and like... I think if there was a preference in mm. my heart of hearts, I know my preference would be to be home. Yeah. But then if the opportunity arose where I could have a better quality of life or better prospects for sure i would a thousand percent take it but that's only because i acknowledge like the privilege that i have that no one is really dependent on me earning a certain amount of money i'm not really supporting anyone outside of myself and my dogs yeah like you know two babies babies. (laughs) (laughs) so i yeah uh so when i think about it like that i'm like okay right now it's still at a stage where it's very much a personal Mm. thing but i figured asking you that question because you have a child because Mm. you've had life experience you've Mm. seen what this place has to offer Mm. you've been outside you've seen what out there has to offer Mm. you know you still feeling like okay home is still home Home it's a very interesting perspective yeah even just the Mm. i guess you know like i said that fear of you know when people get in trouble i'm not going to lie Mm. right obviously i i never considered like going to the states for example but Mm. the amount of fear i get every time i see a story Mm. saying these kids were killed at school yeah Yeah. a shooting mass shooting blah, blah 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 or black man killed i'm raising a black man I'm sorry. I mm. it scares me, and it just scares me about the world in general, mm. right? Mm. So I feel like the security to raise my child, I think, it's very unlikely. Well, mm. I feel like it's very unlikely anything would go wrong with him here. Mm. So mm. even just as a mother, mm. I'm most secure with him. being here, right? Yeah. And so acknowledging that you want to make it work here mm. and it's a challenging environment. Mm. Do you have any like go-to coping mechanisms that help in like when things get really rough, when the inflation rate goes crazy or when, you know, the value of something today that Damien might need mm. or whatever it is changes and mm. it's like, oh, I need to make a plan mm. or the school says, all right, he needs this $20 Pencil, yeah. and that, that that's the only pencil that they're allowed to have, yep. and you're just like, what? Yep. What are your coping mechanisms? Oh my gosh, um, crying. <laughs> <laughs> I won't lie. No, yeah. I I definitely my go-to is definitely I close the door, I cry, yeah. and then afterwards it's like, okay, what well, what are we gonna do? Because mm-hmm. something has to be done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I guess for me, I now have a. I kind of like have a, a saving mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my little 
I set aside like every month I'm setting aside things that I know like Damien's miscellaneous, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and those things. So that when, you know, beginning, I know normally with the school, for example, beginning of the term is when they just start with the nonsense. Mm. So <laughs> at least if I'm putting aside every month, by the time we come to the beginning of the term, mm. I've kind of set aside. Mm. And also just, I think you also just have to be, you have to get to a point where you balance like wants and needs. Mm. A lot of the times there's the pressure of, okay, fine, what we want is out of reach. Mm-hmm. Just accept and mm. say, okay, fine, let's focus on what we need. Mm. Then with the things that like we need, we just have to deal with it as it comes. Mm. Um, it's tough, but mm. it's been getting easier. Mm. It's been getting easier mm. to cope. Mm. Um, and Obviously, um, I'm I'm blessed because I've been able to, you know, move to different employment that has mm. made life easier mm. for me, mm. um, and I'm able to cope more. And I I definitely put in the work to try and make sure that I continue to get those opportunities, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I can provide for Damien and for myself and mm. be able to just, you know, do nice things yeah. from time to time. From this economy. Time. Yeah, this economy <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I think by coping mechanisms of uh, Rudo stuff would be like Rudo. I just need to talk. <laughs> I need to vent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's that. Mm-hmm. I think we we have Tried together yeah, many times. Many I times. I think aside from my biggest coping mechanism, honestly and truly, is this platform. Mm. It's just like okay, I can't control everything, but at least mm. I can like record. Mm. I can make a pretty poster. I can post it on Instagram, get some likes. <laughs> That's affirming. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> it's no. affirming. But this it's is a good coping. It's mechanism. little things that like um, help in this environment because yeah. a big part of it is there's only so much we can do as individuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So much we can do and. As much as, you know, you want to be the change or yeah. whatever. I have no intention of running for office. Nope. And I don't think that that's, that's going to help anything. That's going to solve anything. Even if I was you. in cabinets or parliaments or anything, I really don't think I would have that much influence. And I think yeah. a big thing that I try to focus on as well mm. is, you know, taking care of my family, yeah. taking care of, you know, the people around me and mm. just trying to be a positive influence or have a positive impact Mm. in the you know in the places where you're seen Mm. in where it's reachable and Mm. I think that's like a very um practical way of looking at it but a practical coping mechanism yeah but I'm really glad that you've been able to sort of take the situation into your own hands and look Mm. for opportunities that would make your life easier yeah and make it um I guess better to under the circumstances, as good as it can be, make yeah. it as easy to plan, yeah. long term, short term, as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like it's important that we we never give up. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. these situations that we face mm-hmm. are they feel dire, mm-hmm. and you know, in the moment you kind of just want to give up. Yeah. And just get swallowed up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. but we we really do have to somehow find the strength to keep going. Right. And take it as it comes. Honestly guys, see me as it comes. As it comes, right. Right? Yeah. I think I think that was our Kim um having worked with you <laughs> where you work. Yeah. Um I think taking it as, as it comes 
yeah. is a very important lesson, right. lesson that we learn. Right. Yeah. yeah. One thing at a time. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but because you know we talk about going back in time quite a bit in mm. our personal conversations mm. and also having you know work together when mm. something happens at work it's like you know what we should have done we should have done this this and yeah. this right yeah um i know we talk about that but what would you if you could talk to future ruda right now what would you want her to tell you um i hope that you would tell me that I'm on the right track, mm-hmm. first of all, mm-hmm. and that I shouldn't give up. I mm-hmm. should continue to be tenacious and crazy and mm-hmm. live life yeah. and enjoy it, mm-hmm. um, and that it only gets easier or better. Mm-hmm. I hope that's what she'll say to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope she's finally achieved at least some of our goals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least that's, yeah. Um, you yeah. know. And I, I hope, I don't know, I hope she's fulfilled. I feel like um, where I'm at now, I'm starting to feel fulfilled. That mm-hmm. self-fulfillment come home and, mm-hmm. and feel like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm doing okay. Yeah. I hope she still feels that way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so wholesome. <laughs> That's so wholesome. I, I think if I would go to go to future Kim, she'd be like, Girl, that was good you left that boy alone. Like, like oh, great. Like tick, tick the box. Girl, great. what were you doing? Girl, what were you doing? Look at us now. You know? It's like that whole friendship ended. That's yeah. fine. Look at you now. It's you don't need good. him. You don't need him. Like <laughs> That's what I'd be like. Just to get some reassurance. Ooh, I got a few of those. Oh, girl. Oh my gosh, speaking of which, I found a little letter that I wrote myself, like, when I was 21 or whatever, and it was for when I was 30. Mm. And when I read it, I was like, girl. Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) Girl. What's funny is, I wrote myself a letter when I was 24, about to turn 25. Yeah. um, And I'd reached, like, a really big milestone, like a Mm. personal one. So I just Mm. wrote, like, from my future self, like... Um, when I found the letter, mm. um, and it's funny because I put it, my dad um, works out of town, mm. so I put it in his safe in his office out of town. Oh, so God. the next time I went there, um, and I like, I was like, oh yeah, I had this the letter, day. and I read the letter. Yeah. It was so comforting because I said, no matter what happens in the future, yeah. just remember this moment. this moment right now that everything is okay. So I love amazing. finding those things, even though no, it's like funny. It's you know, yeah, yeah. you look back, you're like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. At exactly. the same time, it's like, wow. Exactly. It's like, yeah, I'm coming. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I do recommend doing that. Yeah. Um, but like, finding it randomly is yeah. the key. It's not like, okay, in whatever amount, amount of time you're yeah. going to open this. Open this lid on this date. It, it just find it randomly. You just find it randomly. Yeah. I would recommend doing that. I'm putting it somewhere so random that yeah. you don't need to think about it. And, and you forget. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. My mom keeps um, coming up with all the little things um, mm. that I used to write. So my mom is my... My safety, yeah. my safe deposit box. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, that's things. nice. That's nice. Yeah. My mom has like a treasure trove of like these pictures, like photos. Yeah. And when I look at the pictures, especially when I was like really, really young, mm. I remember all the silly things that I used to be like afraid of, and I realized that 
you know, growing up, I was always worried about the future. Yeah. Like, since childhood. Like, yeah. when I look at pictures, like, oh, that was me in, like, grade two. Yeah. I was worried, like, guys, grade five is coming. Oh, like, my what gosh. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then we're going to be in grade seven. And I realized I've always been a pretty anxious kid, like, about yeah. the future. I was mm. never, like, settled. Yeah. And I think one thing I consciously want to start doing, especially, you know, at this precipice, mm. going into, like, the next chapter of the mm. third floor, whatever it is. Mm. Um, being, like, definitely. Yes. Being less concerned about, like, oh, grade five is coming. You know, just being like, listen, it is what it is. Take it a step at a time. Take a it as it at comes. Take yeah. it as it comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, just embrace it. Trying to. Every moment. Live the moment. Definitely yeah. trying I think to. we had so much pressure to just always plan for the future. But right. you also need to enjoy yeah. your present. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Before yeah. you get gray hairs like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they coming now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one. <laughs> one. Oh. Dress. So, how best do you think we can support each other in these thirty somethings in our thirties? Um, I think we all definitely need to continue to keep each other accountable, mm. right? Obviously, mm-hmm. um, we as friends we're supposed to build each other. Mm-hmm. Um, keep each other on the right track um, and also just encourage each other mm. in everything that we're doing mm-hmm. support each other which I think we will do yeah. but uh, continue to support each other yeah. remind each other that you know it's never it's never too late yeah. it's never lost mm-hmm. no need to give up you can yeah. do it mm-hmm. I found um, with a lot of the people in who have been part of my journey mm. um, knowing that they're always there mm. um, no matter what mm-hmm. um, is one of the biggest things yeah and being able to you know cry yeah. with each other yeah. about right. things right. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and be mm-hmm. honest with each other about where we are at mm-hmm. but um as a whole just keeping each other mm-hmm. accountable right mm-hmm. i think the one thing i found with getting older and friendships is that I never used to understand when I was little, my mom used to say, you don't need your friends. Like, you don't need friends. Not mm. your friends, but you mm. don't need friends. In general, yeah. In general, right? Mm. And I used to be so offended by that as a teenager because, you know, your friends are your world. Mm. So you're like, what are you saying? I don't need friends. Mm. Who am I if mm. not, you without know, my friends. without my friends? Yeah. But I understand that, like, what she was saying was you don't need to put so much energy mm. into sustaining relationships. And getting older, Mm. I realized that it's not even, we paint it as low maintenance friendships, Mm. right? But I don't even think it's low maintenance. Mm -mm. I think it's what you're saying, having the security Mm. that knowing someone is there, that you don't have to act out or do way too much. Exactly. And when you are acting out Mm. or doing way too much, the person who's receiving that is not taking it as you like showing off or being mm. like, oh, you know, I'm in a better situation than mm. you, therefore I can support you and everything. Mm. It's more so that like, listen, you don't need to sit there and think, oh, how am I being a good friend to all mm. of my friends? There's just a security in however small no. your circle is. Yeah. There's a security knowing that I'm there for this person. Mm. This person is there for me. Obviously, if there are issues, you yeah. do hold each other accountable. If someone's yeah. doing something that you don't think is you know, in their best interest, even just airing that concern yeah. would be important. Yeah. But I think as we get older, it's less about oh, you know, I need to have a sleepover to keep my friends around. I need to have a big party to keep my friends around. No. There's, again, just a security in knowing that we don't talk every day. We might not even see each other every day, but exactly. I know when it comes down to it, I can trust that. If mm. I call Rodolfo, she's going to pick up maybe after the 
10th or 11th ring. She'll pick up, you know, she'll pick up. Life happens, you yeah. know, um, but just knowing that having this like security and now I appreciate it more where my mom mm. was coming from that like, listen, you don't need to be doing all of this yeah. for your friends. For your you friends. don't need to sit there and think, how can I make sure my friends exactly. are my friends? Yeah. And I would say I spent a big part of like my early 20s yeah. looking for people. Yeah. Just like looking, like wanting to be around yeah. a big group of people. Yeah. Having one friend yeah. was not enough. I yeah. needed to have multiple groups. I needed to bring the groups together. I needed mm. to be going on certain adventures. Mm. And I remember, you know, we went, we both went to Rhodes mm. and um, Rhodes in South Africa is like in a very rural town. Yeah. And during like the short vacations in uni, mm. one of the things a lot of people would do was go visit friends and families in yeah. the bigger town. Yeah. I didn't have friends and family. Well, I didn't have very many, very much family yeah. in like Joburg yeah. or Cape Town yeah. at the point in time when I was in uni. That mm. only came about later. Mm. But I remember once like forcing my way to go stay with my friend in Joburg not a horrible time. And I'm like, guys, are we being honest about... Or do we just want to... Because Snapchat was a thing back then. Uh, so I'm like, so do you just want to snap and be like, oh, at Aurora Town? But I was so excited yeah, to go home. Yeah. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with going home. There's nothing to wrong with... There's nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with, with going home. Because at least I'd be guaranteed somewhat of a good time. Exactly. That was not a great trip. Yeah. I was just so anxious. Yeah. I was so wound up. And um, my friend who was hosting me at the time, I don't even think she knew what to do with mm. me mm. but I really just wanted to appear as if I have mm. a nice life I have yeah. got friends yeah. I go to Joburg and yeah. stay with my friends yeah. and all of that like that was important but now I'm just like guys if it, if unless it happens or occurs naturally yeah. don't it's force not organic it. it's not organic mm. there's no need to force it you don't need to do that you yeah. don't need to appear like you know oh I've got this giant group of friends exactly. also big groups are toxic True. Toxic. And people aren't all friends. Exactly. It's not like in the other. group. It's exactly. Not a friendship. It's just like, you know, a society of conglomerate. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, it's just people who like hanging out. Like hanging out. Exactly. So, and also, we're all in the 30s. Welcome. You can see yeah. the changes that are coming because in your 30s, you just want to sleep, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Let me sleep. For context, when Ruth and I have been planning this recording for a while, and on my on my side, I was just procrastinating a lot, because uh, you know, in one of my previous episodes, I talked about my con- my content creating anxiety. Mm. But like, when I was like, okay, how does Sunday work? And she's like, yeah, Sunday at eleven. I was like, thank God, <laughs> thank God, you know, because. I have woken up or met people at what I consider ungodly hours. Anytime. You know, even when I was texting you, I was like, should I say 10? 10. I was like, no. 11's good. 11's good. What a day. It's fair, exactly. Because I'm like, okay, that's a decent amount of time to. Mm. Also, I've noticed the one thing I've gotten older there's the waking up. Then there's that nap you take after yeah. you wake up. Yeah. That's so that essential. Nap is it's essential it is for your functioning. Crucial. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. nap is that I only get it okay twice mm. a week. Exactly. Saturday, Sunday. I need time to sleep in. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No. I wish Damien would understand that. Okay. But he's all good. He's all fine. right. So I mean, this is such a great conversation. I had so much fun talking to you. Oh, I mean, as you. always. Yeah. yeah. Just talking as usual. Yeah, as usual. But thank you for joining us on the platform. <laughs> thank you for having me. Any last words for the people before we cut off? Um, embrace your 30s, guys. Mm-hmm. I know it's a scary time and mm-hmm. also just 
like I said, that pressure that we all have um, to achieve our goals and, you know, to just be able to provide for our families and everything. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. but um, the 30s are also a good time to find yourself, know yeah. who you are, and do what you want to do. Yeah. Enjoy your life. No one can tell you nothing. No one can tell you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. And Damien, you've low-key featured the whole episode. Do you have any words for the people before we stop recording? Don't get sick because you'll get this out on stuff at school. Oh, nice. okay. Yeah, or at work. At work. I agree. I agree. That's mm. actually solid advice. Yeah, Don't get sick, solid. y'all. Go to the doctor. Get your annual medicals. Yeah. Especially if you're almost 30. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, <laughs> you need to think about doing that. To, oh, by the way, like the last time I went to get my annual medicals, I yeah. remember uh, it used to just be in my 20s. It used to just be like a young 20-minute visit mm. to the doctor. No, like, no, no. you know, they would take a, like, yeah. a little bit of blood, yeah. they do your blood pressure, and they're yeah. like, okay, cool. Now, she's saying vows and vows, like, now we got like, a test for everything now. ABC, she's like, oh, you're your over iron, this age, we need to check this, calcium. this, and I'm like, bruh. And then we're like, okay, we need to do an ultrasound, let's do BP, oh my gosh, your BP is high. high. <laughs> and you're just like, wait, where's all of this coming from? <laughs> I'm like, when did this happen? Ooh. Putting that medical aid to work. Yeah, put that medical aid to work. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's so necessary. Yeah. But Rudolph, thank you so much. Thank you for having no me. And that is the episode. A very big, huge, special shout out and thank you to my guest and dear friend Rudolph. Thank you so much for joining us on the platform, for sharing so much and for letting your son your your amazing son damien feature thank you thank you thank you so much and thank you the listener for tuning in i i appreciate it and i hope you enjoyed the episode and i would love to hear from you um hear your feedback on any anything we spoke about um thank you so much for tuning in um and you can find us on at this at in this economy podcast on instagram and you know engage with me directly your host at kimya jeka on twitter or x or whatever you're calling it if you go on that platform or on the instagram you'll be able to immediately find the link tree or the link to my personal instagram my threads my x all of x being the app yeah all of that it's yeah or interconnected but i would love to hear from you so thank you so much for tuning in um and i will catch you next time bye